Hey guys, it is Abdul for the good folks over at Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware, downtown Indianapolis. It is a new year, so how about a new you? That's right, how about some new clothes from Leon Tailoring? Something ready-made, something custom-made, or something tailor-made. No matter what it is that you're looking for, they can put it together for you at Leon Tailoring. Or maybe you have goals to lose some weight and the clothes don't fit as well as they used to. Well, Leon Tailoring can take care of that. Or maybe you gained a couple of pounds over the holiday season. Well, Leon Tailoring, they can take care of that too. Notice the pattern here, Leon Tailoring, they can sort of take care of everything. So swing on by Leon Tailoring, say hi to Larry, Kim, and Judy, and tell them Abdul Leon Tailoring, 809 North Delaware and downtown Indianapolis. It is my honor to present to you Lieutenant Governor Suzanne Crouch. Members of the Joint Assembly. Pursuant to Section 3 of Article 7 of the Constitution of the State of Indiana, this joint session of the two houses of the Indiana General Assembly is now convened for the purpose of a message from the Chief Justice of Indiana. It is my privilege to present to you the distinguished Chief Justice of Indiana, the Honorable Loretta Rush. What a wonderful welcome. Thank you. Governor Holcomb, Lieutenant Governor Crouch, members of the General Assembly, Chief Judge Altice, colleagues, and fellow Hoosiers, welcome to the 2024 State of the Judiciary. I'll get right to the point. Your judiciary stands among the strongest, if not the strongest, in the nation. I appreciate this 10th opportunity as your Chief Justice to give this report here in the same chambers where so many of you do your work. So this year, my colleagues, Justice Massa, Justice Slaughter, Justice Goff, and Justice Moulter and I would like to invite you to our chambers. We will be hosting and holding our first night court for legislators on February 19th, and we invite all of you to join us. It will be held in the historic courtroom located just 92 short steps down the third floor hallway. I counted on my way here. Your leadership, Speaker Houston and President Pro Tem Bray, will serve as our honorary bailiffs. <laughs> Attending this oral argument will give each of you a front row seat to see how our court considers cases interpreting the very laws enacted in these chambers. So, Come on down. <laughs> Judges, you must be bumper to bumper up there. Thank you all for coming. <laughs> Our courts are busy, very busy, serving Hoosiers in each of your communities. Over 500 judges, along with their court reporters, bailiffs, clerks, and others, 
are the hearts and hands of our judicial branch. Together they are working on 2.5 million cases pending in our courts. You saw the pictures on the big screen as you were seated, pictures of judges out in their communities, exemplifying a court system that is not only fair, but is deeply connected to those we serve. Judges, we thank you for your dedication to handling such a high volume of work without ever losing your compassion to serve your communities one case, one person at a time. Judges, please stand and accept our appreciation. year's address, I described how Indiana courts are engines of economic development, fairness, and public safety. This year, we are eager to show you the return on your investment, the proverbial bang for the buck your funding has produced. We are incredibly grateful for your trusted financial commitment to the judiciary. Thank you. Your investment has paid huge dividends, enhancing operational efficiencies in the courts and improving the lives of Hoosiers we all serve. Your funding has allowed us to expand problem solving in commercial courts, address rural needs, leverage technology through innovation, and build public trust through outreach. And you know what? We're just getting started. To illustrate how your investment has transformed lives, I want to take you on a guided tour around the state to shine a light on just a few of the programs and initiatives our judges are working on. Like you, we are dedicated to better addressing behavioral health needs. First, first stop across Indiana, let's drop in on Floyd County. Judge Carrie Stiller and her county leaders are using your investment to strengthen their community. They are fulfilling the constitutional imperative that justice be tempered with mercy and based on principles of reformation. Their local JRAC efforts were enhanced after the statewide 2022 Mental Health Summit where Judge Stiller brought a team of 12. She says they left the summit inspired and committed to maintaining the momentum from that day's conversations. One concern weighing heavily on her was something she saw firsthand. Every day she watched from the courthouse as inmates being released from jail stood on the street corner looking for a ride. She could see the desperation in their faces and the likelihood of stepping right back into that cycle of drugs, arrest, and jail. If a released inmate, even one who needed and wanted treatment, had nowhere to go, who would they call to pick them up? You know who she thought, who she worried about it would be? Their dealer. So Judge Stiller convened her local leaders and a new pattern emerged in Floyd County. The sheriff, prosecutor, public defender, judge, probation officers, and treatment providers began to meet regularly. They organized their own mental health summit, invited community members and service providers, opened dialogue with local leadership, and developed a plan. Thank you, Lieutenant Governor Crouch, for participating in the Floyd County Summit and for all your work on behavioral health across the state. Thank you. The 
the momentum in Floyd County has become unstoppable. The county council and commissioners generously agreed to leverage their opioid settlement money to get matching state grants from DMHA. How smart. And they hired a full-time jail transition coordinator to assist release inmates to get to treatment, not stand on that street corner waiting for a ride. Judge Stiller says it best, we are changing lives by reducing the barriers to a better life, a sober life. Judge Stiller, your collaboration is a model of courage, efficiency, coordination, and wise investment in your community. Will your team, including Sheriff Bush, Prosecutor Lane, Public Defender, and all lawmakers who represent Floyd, part of Floyd County, please rise and take our, accept our appreciation. Another look at a return on investment, let's leave Floyd County and travel northwest to Vigo County. Judge Sarah Mulliken is running one of Indiana's 21 family recovery courts. According to Judge Mulliken, family recovery courts take a holistic approach to, to end the cycle of generational DCS involvement by giving people the tools to do the work themselves. Recovery courts, like all problem-solving courts, require intensive judicial and community supervision. But what better investment can we make than one that creates a pathway for children to be safely reunited with their parents? Thank you. <laughs> Judge Mulliken had a parent in a re recovery court named Josh. By his own account, Josh was a functioning addict, which he rationalized because he worked, paid his bills, and loved his kids. But when an argument led to an arrest, to a failed drug screen, and to his kids being taken away, Josh says the smack of reality hit him. He was homeless, without a high school diploma, and he lost the one thing that mattered to him most, his children. When Josh stood before Judge Mulliken, she recognized without that high school diploma or driver's license, his options were closed off. How was he going to provide for his family? Along with NA and anger management meetings, one of Josh's family court requirements was that he obtain his GED. Every Tuesday, a volunteer teacher came in and worked with Josh, studied with Josh, and prepared him for the test. God love our teachers. When the big day came, Josh not only passed, but it was recommended that he attend college. His, sky, his confidence skyrocketed, and he successfully graduated from Judge Mulliken's Family Recovery Court. Today, he has his driver's license, he's married to a supportive wife, and he's reunited with his children. Josh's transformation was possible because of the funding that you provided for problem-solving courts. What a return on investment. On behalf of all those, like Josh, who grabbed a second chance, we thank the judges, teachers, and care providers who turned their, help, turn, help these individuals turn their life around. Josh, your wife Amber's with us today, right? You got a babysitter? Come on, just stand up and enjoy. <laughs> Judge Mulligan. Judge Mulligan. Judge Mulliken, you're going to have to stand up too. Thank you. 
for another powerful return on investment, we don't have to travel far. Right here in Marion County, Judge Dave Serto runs the Indianapolis Veterans Court, one of Indiana's 151 problem-solving courts. Judge Serto's program, which has graduated 116 men and women, is not easy. As Judge Serto explains, they were trained to be honorable, strong, and yes, dangerous to the enemy. Upon return to civilian life, we have a role to help them when they falter. This means weekly meetings, frequent drug screens, and an intense accounting of behavior that forces change. For Aaron Shaw, he fell apart after a brave Army career with service in Iraq. Once risking his life for his country, he now risks losing his life on the streets due to heroin use. Aaron says, I was a menace to society. I was chaos to this city. But Judge Serto saw someone different. A person with the potential to be a good employee, parent, and neighbor. Aaron worked hard in the program for over three years before graduating and getting his charges dismissed. Aaron now serves as a mentor and runs a sobriety support group. He joined the National Board of Directors of a Treatment Association. And he's reconnected with his college, with his son, who's now in college. Way to go, Aaron. Give us a wave. Thank you, Judge Serto. Though the state has limited resources, it's unquestionably wise to use them to help our veterans get stable housing, job training, and catch up on child support. Our problem-solving courts show data, have data showing thousands of graduates and hundreds of thousands of negative drug screens. But the real return on investment isn't just a number, and it's not always quantifiable with a metric. It's that we claim lives like Aaron's. On behalf of all the Hoosiers leading successful lives today, will Aaron and Judge Serto and all problem-solving court judges and staff that are with us today please stand? Just north of the state's largest metropolitan area, we head to rural Indiana, Wabash County. It's the hometown of my colleague, Chris Goff, and includes local leaders who are trying to figure out how to best serve their rural communities. How many of you represent a rural community? So you understand the challenges and the unique needs. We do too. Courts are a primary referral source to get people to treatment. But there are huge barriers when a county has no service providers, no problem-solving courts, or not enough attorneys. And no one sees a return on investment when we have justice by geography, where a person in one county can get help but gets locked up in another because the same resources aren't present. To address those concerns, over 200 rural justice stakeholders met last October with public health professionals for a first-of-its-kind summit. The purpose was, purpose was to develop solutions for accessing treatment and promoting rehabilitation in under-resourced areas. And one of those resources is lawyers, and we're facing a shortage. Several counties are struggling to fulfill the constitutional re required positions of judge, prosecutor, and public defender. 
and legal providers can't fill the gaps for all civil matters such as child support, guardianships, wills, and adoptions. We're calling on some who attended the summit to help us find solutions. Such innovation means examining broader pathways to legal education and bar admission, alternative forms of law licensure, and ways to encourage rural and public sector practices. Finding solutions will take all of us working together. One highlight of that summit was the realization that thanks to the landmark legislation you passed last year, we are cutting red tape and accessing funding and providing technical assistance to transform behavioral health. I have to thank all of you, especially Representatives McNamara and Sturwald, along with Senator Kreider, and of course our beloved former Senator Jack Sandlin for all the hard work on behavioral health last session. Thank you. All those who attended the Rural Justice Summit and are working towards solutions on these issues, including Justice Goff, Lieutenant Governor Crouch, Representatives Goff-Reeves and Sweet, and Senator Zay, please stand and accept our appreciation. Your largest recent investment in the judiciary was, direct, has, was directed at improving cork technology, and for that part of the tour, we're everywhere. We are aligning the legal systems in all 92 counties with the demands of a digital age. When our framers crafted the court shall be open provision of the Indiana Constitution over 200 years ago, they never could have imagined the remarkable ways we could leverage technology today. And you, as a modern day framers of our laws, your investment in court technology has allowed us to be pioneers in our own right. Indiana is recognized as a national leader in court technology allowing 24-7 access to the courts. Visit our website, you'll see searchable databases, a child support calculator, court calendars, ticket payment and marriage license processing, court hearings, both live and archived, just to name a few. Last year, 11 million people accessed the MyCase system and we viewed over 63 million, and they viewed over 63 million pages. We provide free electronic filing for the 8 million legal documents filed last year. We also send out text message reminders of court hearings by the millions. These efforts not only produce incredible cost savings, but they empower Hoosiers to be on top of their case and get it resolved. And isn't that what good government is all about? So. It's, it's no surprise that court customers would want to get a text message reminder about a hearing or pay a traffic ticket online. But do Hoosiers want to attend court online? We weren't, we weren't sure. So we welcomed Indiana University researchers to take an impartial look. Like many, they were skeptical that people would be satisfied with having their day in court remotely. And we were particularly interested in the experiences of vulnerable Hoosiers. Well, that research revealed loudly and resoundly online civil courts enhance access to justice for unrepresented litigants. For a person who has to find a ride to court, miss work, or get childcare, remote access is not only about flexibility, it's the linchpin to getting their case resolved, getting justice. Simply logging on to a remote hearing at times is far more practical than jumping the hurdles that can accompany attending court in person. Thank you, Professor Victor Quintanilla and team for your research. It provides guidance on how we can use technology to meet the promise of a people-centered justice system. Professor, please stand.
Just as people want their cases resolved quickly, so businesses. Our tour of Indiana wouldn't be complete without stops in Allen, Elkhart, Floyd, Hamilton, Lake, Madison, Marion, St. Joseph, Vigo, and Vandenberg counties, highlighting the 10 commercial court counties that are open for businesses across the state. We crafted our commercial courts to deliver predictability and efficiency. We now have a free searchable database of commercial court decisions so businesses can research how similar disputes are resolved. And we have free Indiana commercial court treaties that lawyers can look to when advising their clients and preparing for court. Nearly 2,000 cases have been filed in these courts, and our data shows that the parties are getting their decisions in these complicated business disputes more quickly. We're even hearing from lawyers throughout the state that now routinely include provisions and contracts that require disputes be litigated exclusively in the commercial courts of Indiana. Let's think about that for a moment. When Hoosier businesses are negotiating valuable deal points and contracts, things like price, quantity, quality, delivery times, they now see value in agreeing that any disputes must be resolved in Indiana's commercial courts. It's outstanding. One superstar judge in this arena, Marion County's Heather Welch, is retiring this year. Attorneys and business leaders across the state will tell you that she handles cases with wisdom and respect. Judge Welch, please stand so we can shower you with appreciation. have delivered that value to your constituents without the fun not only funding but time. That includes Senator Cook's leadership and the entire commercial court committee past and present, including former Justices Sullivan and David and current Justice Moulter. Could all of you commercial court judges and the names I just mentioned that have helped us get to this point please stand and accept our appreciation. I began my remarks with an invitation to come see an appellate case in person. That's because trust and confidence in the courts are bolstered when people are able to see firsthand the precision in which the laws you've crafted are considered. Our Court of Appeals knows this. They do incredible work to make sure cases are open and accessible to the public. But this isn't just my humble opinion. They have, in fact, been declared the best in the country. They were honored last summer with the prestigious National Sandra Day O'Connor Award for Civics Education. Through their one-of-a-kind Appeals on Wheels program, the 15 judges regularly traverse the state, bringing appellate proceedings to over 600 communities in all 92 counties. Could Chief Judge Altice and the members of the Court of Hardworking Court of Appeals please stand and accept our thanks? the legislature. Thank you for the increased funding you provided us. Your increased investment in courts is an investment that bolsters the bedrock of democracy. It allows us to better serve Hoosiers with behavioral health needs, strengthen individual communities, help families leverage, by innovating, leveraging technology, and increasing public trust through outreach and access. 
and to Governor Holcomb. Thank you for your steady hand and tremendous leadership these past eight years. specifically highlight one thing that you have done, or better stated, a hundred things that you have done to ensure Indiana's judiciary remains the envy of so many other states, you have now appointed 100 judges to the bench. You hold a remarkable place in history, not only due to the number of your appointments, but also due to the quality of your appointments. Will all the judges, or I'm going to call you the Holcomb 100 in this chamber, who have been appointed by Governor Holcomb, please stand. I'd also like to thank his team, Sharon Jackson, Joe Heron, Michael Nosset, and Senator Kraskas as well for their work. One of your legacies, among many, is that of a strong judiciary. So be confident that your judiciary will continue to be strong. We will continue to respect the wise investment that you've done by giving us the funding you have the past year. And may God continue to bless our great state. Thank you very much. This podcast was produced and edited by Chris Spangle and Leaders and Legends, LLC. If you're interested in starting a podcast or taking yours to the next level, please contact us at leadersandlegends.net.